0: Hi, my name is Michael Frank, and this is the Prefab Pod presented by Prefab Review, where we interview leading people and companies in the prefab housing industry. Today, we're speaking with Galeano Tiramani, founder at Boxable. Welcome.
1: Hey there. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, And yeah, my name is Galeano from uh, Boxable. We have just set up a large factory to produce houses, and we've got a bunch of innovations that we think are going to make a really big impact.
0: Awesome. Well, we're excited to dive into it. Um, so, I think, uh, just to set the stage, uh, can you tell me, uh, how did Boxable get started? I know you're a newer company.
1: Yeah, we're definitely kind of brand new. Um, we actually just turned on this factory uh, late last year. But the company started in 2017, where we had the kind of initial innovation, which was to actually fold up the houses. So, one kind of limiting factor we saw with, with prefab and modular is that it's so expensive to ship the, the wide loads down the highway because they don't fit on the highway. They have these expensive uh, follow cars, police escorts, restricted routes, all kind of issues with shipping these wide loads. So we thought if we can turn these into a highway legal load by folding up the rooms and that would ship at the lowest cost and that therefore allow us to scale manufacturing and hopefully dramatically reduce the costs.
0: That's super interesting. Um, so, and by the way, just, we'll, we'll get into your product line, but my impression is right now we're primarily talking about your, I think it's called the Casita. It's like a 20 by 20 unit. So I know that, um, like, a lot of the companies we, we work with and cover on our site have 14 or 15 foot wide modules. Um, are you saying that your, uh, your units actually fold uh, much narrower than that?
1: Yeah, the... Initial um, product we have, as you mentioned, is the casita. So it's a 20 foot by 20 foot room with a kitchen, bathroom, bedroom, couch, like kind of a little studio apartment. Yep. And although we end up with a very large 20 foot room, the room actually folds up to eight and a half feet wide. And that makes it highway illegal. And right. uh, even though we're folding it up to eight and a half feet wide, we're stable, still able to finish almost everything in the factory. So Uh, kitchen, bathroom, electrical, HVAC, windows, flooring, all of that is done before it arrives on your site.
0: Got it. So obviously like the appliances come separately, but like everything. No, they don't actually. They come come in the folded units?
1: Yeah. um, So if you look at the way it folds up uh, on the website, which is boxable.com, (laughs) B-O-X-A-B-L.com, you can see that although it is folding, not all of its folding, so I there's see. a portion of the room that remains kind of uncompressed, mm-hmm. and that's really important because that's where we can finish things in the factory. So in this model, kitchen, bathrooms in that uncompressed space, and then we're also la- able to fit in the washer, dryer, the fridge, the oven, all that in cool. there as well.
0: And and is the drywall completed as well?
1: Well, um, uh, yes and no, um, because. Uh, our innovations go far beyond just the folding, uh, and that includes using all different building materials, so that we don't actually have any drywall. Uh, but yes, the walls are the, the equivalent uh, of the, the
0: the interior wall is uh, yeah, it's basically all like-
1: all done, all done, painted, everything ready to go. Once it arrives on site, all you really need to do is you know unfold it, yep. uh, bolt it down to a foundation uh, or no foundation, depending on the use case plug-in utilities, um, and uh, throw in some furniture. Yeah,
0: very, very, very cool. Um, so I love the idea. Uh, it's, it's in some ways like kind of a very cool combo of a lot of what we've seen with other companies, right? Meaning we've got the sort of flat pack. Uh, we, we usually call them kit-style providers, right? Um, and we've got the modular providers. And totally makes sense that this is sort of like takes a bunch of the positives as both of those things and combines it. Um, I guess one question I have on this is uh, what, uh, like, why hasn't anyone done this before? Like, is there a special sauce or sort of innovation that you all created that uh, or are you the first people? I don't think I've seen people do this, um, at least at scale before, like you're trying to do.
1: You know, I don't know why no one's really solved this problem before, because if you look at building construction in general, it's really one of the last big industries that's still pre-factory. Pretty much all the other modern product are mass produced on an assembly line with, you know, automation and all these other benefits.
0: And especially North America. Yeah, it seems like there's higher adoption in other parts of the world.
1: Yeah, and you know, although factory-built housing does exist, it's it's really only takes about ten percent of the market share. Yeah. So the bulk of it is done on site. And an example I like to use is uh, imagine you buy a car and they show up in your driveway and start building it with pieces of metal and welding torches and hammers. That would seem like totally weird and crazy. And of course, the car would be very expensive, very slow to build, and very poor quality. Uh, but that's what they do with housing. So you know, we think that our solution here is going to allow like a massive disruption where we'll be able to build most building types on the planet for dramatically less and dramatically faster. And, you know, if we can do that, it's just going to be absolutely huge.
0: Makes sense to me. Um, Can you, uh, so can you tell me a little bit more about the specifics and by the way you again, boxable.com, check out this sort of demo on the website for people who aren't, um, but, but for people who aren't uh, on your site right now, do you think you can provide some details about the 20 by 20 Casita, why you started with that and kind of what makes it special?
1: Yeah, we do have a building system planned that should be able to build most building types by stacking and connecting different room modules yep. to maybe create you know, a thousand unit apartment building or a single family residential and, and everything in between. And the idea is that eventually we would mass produce different size rooms With different interiors. So we're starting with this 20 by 20, but we could also do bigger ones, 20 by 40, 20 by 60. Um, We could have, you know, this one has a kitchen bathroom in it. You could have one with only a kitchen in it that's a bigger kitchen or or only bedrooms or, you know, whatever you need. And then that we would have, you know, this lineup of standardized room modules that people can stack, connect, arrange, and then finish on site to really get most kind of semi custom buildings that meets most needs. But um, when we were looking at this and deciding how do we start, we saw what was going on in California with backyard accessory dwelling units and the increased demand for those backyard cottages based on the changes in laws. And we thought that's a great place to start. We'll start with a simple fixed product and we'll get really good at that. And um, it'll be you know simpler, physically smaller, you know, repeatable, and we'll perfect that. And then we'll move on to the remainder of the building system.
0: Um, that's, uh, that makes total sense. Uh, so, uh, I guess, uh, when we sort of talk about this 20 by 20, uh, what do, uh, what do you need to actually deliver do, Um, is it, we talked a little bit about when, like when you don't need a foundation, just, and I say this from the hat of someone who's constantly kind of helping homeowners build these things and especially on the modular side and especially like use California as an example, like, let's say like, Tahoe or I don't know, Marin County, right? You've got some narrow roads. We've had tons of issues where like, oh, you can't get a crane back there. You can't get this. You can't get that. Or um, yeah, what do, uh, for the different project types, what do you need for, in terms of truck, crane and foundation?
1: So we've definitely, you know, solved a few problems and reduced, reduced some friction mm-hmm. on that point as well. Uh, for example, our houses are much lighter weight than a traditional modular house. So therefore, we can actually pull these and deliver them with a pickup truck. So that oh, kind of really? reduces That's the cool. cost and, yeah, it makes things a little simpler. Uh, additionally, it makes it when It
0: to get to some more remote places too.
1: Absolutely. And and uh, also the way the houses are actually uh, dropped off, you don't even need to meet the, the crane and the developer or whatever, the builder there. Um, our drivers can actually go to the site by themselves, unload the, the casita, leave so that kind of makes things a little more efficient as well and you know once it's um delivered to site um at a bare minimum you can kind of you know um you know place it in, in its final destination and you can either use a, a crane or a forklift or um we will also have a special kind of um uh, bracket that allows you to unfold the house without any heavy equipment Right, uh, um, you know, different options. You can use whatever makes sense for you yeah. to get it to get it set up.
0: Right, yeah, because totally right. Like, there's the use case here of right, like you need to create workforce housing where you just want to drop 50 of these, and then there's the like wonderlust one where it's like, <laughs> you know, I own a small piece of land like near some cliff somewhere where, it, like, <laughs> intentionally it's hard to get to. So that's cool that it's uh, there's some flexibility. Uh, I guess what a uh, so. Obviously like what what you have is like super extensible and you you all are awesome about uh, publishing, right? Like the cost of the box um, on your site for some of the sort of existing projects. uh, This is by the way, the most frequently asked question we get um, where you've shipped so far, what are the typical like installed costs end up looking like this? Um, And you can just give one or two examples maybe in terms of like foundation, what other like, things needed to get added? Is it literally just like connecting to utilities or is there lots of other work that ends up being done um, on site?
1: Yeah, it, it just really depends on the use case. Um, mm-hmm. At a bare minimum, you could set this thing up you know, without any foundation and plug it in with an extension cord and that's not going to cost too much. But um, on the other side, you know, you, you run into different permit costs in different areas, different foundation yep. requirements, depends on how remote the site is. Uh, have you t- are utilities at the site is it going in a backyard is it going right. on raw land so i kind of tell people that the range they can expect in addition to the cost of the actual house is like 5000 to 50000 more to actually get this thing deployed so then if you end up like you know 110000 for for all
0: in you know you're still in a pretty good spot yeah especially, especially i mean like so if, if I'm benchmarking this against like a typical like California ADU company, which there's a lot of, uh, they're probably doing more like four or five hundred dollars a square foot on this sort of small volume, so definitely less. Expensive. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. The California factory built EDUs are you know mad money.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's definitely a different product going. I don't know if it's going after a different audience, but it's definitely definitely a different product and a more expensive one um i guess so that's interesting uh what uh you talked about use cases what are you seeing people use these for so far well
1: um the idea initially was to target these backyard adus but we ended up getting interest from everywhere you can imagine um and it actually resulted in a wait list that we have now with over a hundred thousand names on it of people that want the product and they've kind of reached out to us and mentioned every use case under the sun. Um, the initial customer that we do have is actually the United States federal government, the um, military. So we supplied 150 houses for uh, military base housing. And um, so that was the first customer. Then we have a lot of people that want, you know, workforce housing, yeah. um, people that want to do like kind of low cost um, communities um you know they're just rooms and you know right. there's so many different things you can do with them even just this initial product never mind the, the remainder of our kind of building yeah. system that we have planned
0: um that makes sense and i think i read somewhere that you're shipping like one a day or so now is that the current volume or how's that going
1: uh yeah we're building like 2 to 3 houses per shift and we're really just focused since since everything we're doing is new all the building materials are new the products new the manufacturing process is new. We're focused on dialing everything in, getting everything perfect, and then we'll look to ramp up this initial factory. And we think that we'll probably get to about 10 houses per day in this first
0: factory. When you were saying two to three per shift, is that two to three per day or are shifts Sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: right now, right now we're just doing uh, four shifts per week, but okay. we could eventually do two shifts per week or maybe even three shifts. Uh, sorry, two shifts per day or maybe even three shifts per day.
0: I got it. So eight to 12 houses per day now. Cool um that's awesome and then uh are these mostly all uh, you said you're primarily supplying the u.s government so are they going all over or are you primarily going to like certain states right now uh
1: they're all going to just one
0: military base i got it cool um and uh then are you are are you guys gonna third party like the sort of uh, like most modular companies which you are not Will like a lot of times they'll handle the shipping. They'll send their guys out for the sort of quote unquote set, um set, and then like some local builder will be responsible for sort of foundation and finishing. Um, do you think you're going to have like sort of a similar operational structure for that stuff, or how's that going to work?
1: Well, uh, the the idea is that we would just um, kind of be the manufacturer of these room modules, and that's it. And that we would right. be really good at that and, and really fast at that and low cost, and that we would enable these builders to speed up their process. So, you know, we'll, we'll offer some like training program for the builders, like a certification, uh, and then we're just gonna ship it to them and, and let them kind of do what they want with it. Um, and we think they're gonna love that.
0: Right. And the, I mean, the idea is that the finishing cost should, time should be really fast, right? We're talking about like, like days, um, subject to like all the permitting and some regulatory stuff, correct?
1: um yeah i mean um with with the modular state modular approvals we get the inspections done in the factory beforehand the plans are approved at the state level um then you're gonna you know get permits um set up your site and then you can actually set these up in an hour um you know and that's what we've done here we've set them up in, in less than an hour um so it's it's really fast and really easy cool
0: um so, I guess I had a couple of questions that are a little more sort of structural to your business just because you are unique and cool. I guess one question is it seems like I think you're actively fundraising, which is why before this we talked about, we'll, we'll add a note to uh, the doc so people can um, learn about that more than themselves. But but why why crowdfund? I mean, I, I live in the Bay Area right now. And I've, as I said, when we, t- when we talked about California, sort of ADU companies. There's a lot of them and a lot of them have raised venture capital. So it certainly seems feasible to raise whatever, five or $10 million from one or two bigger institutions versus from a lot of little like smaller checks. Uh, Yeah, so why go that route in kind of fundraising for your business?
1: Yeah, and you know, we actually are crowdfunding. You can invest directly on our website now, and there should be a, a clickable link in the description to yep. the offering circular, so people can read all the details on that. But um, I just really, you know, kind of have have tried all the different methods to bring in the money we need to do this, and just um, pursued what worked. And what ended up working really well for us was this crowdfunding, and we had you know just so much interest. An awareness of what we were doing that we had a huge amount of web traffic we had yeah. hundreds of thousands of people looking at this and a certain percentage of them wanted to invest so you know we ended up in a better position the company ended up in a better position by doing it that way now i'm still in full control of the company and you know we really limited on the amount of money that we were able to pull in i've actually raised over 100 million dollars now from this method and it's, you know, been really amazing and, and exciting. And um, I don't, I don't see any downside to it. You know, we now have an army of fans, hopefully an army of fans that, yeah, that, will, totally. that will, that will make rich. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's um, just to it's, be clear that hundred million dollars
0: is not for Boxable, right? That's like across endeavors, right? No, no. I've raised a
1: hundred million dollars through crowdfunding for Boxable.
0: Oh, wow. So Boxable has raised a hundred million dollars. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't over realize. $100 million. That's really cool. I didn't realize the scale. It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> for some, re- yeah, for some every reason, day. I, I assumed that you had raised, I think, you, did your current offering say the offerings yeah. up to like 5 or $6 million? Uh, so I'd assume that that was the sort of cap on what you had done. That's very cool. Uh, yeah,
1: it's 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 crazy to me every day. I'm like, oh, my God, this is...
0: This what is the, <laughs> the well, again, to the extent you can talk about it, What's the average check size? Are you? Are people? Because I assume I would have assumed it was like you know five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, like you know some fair, fair. And, um, we've,
1: so we've done um, a few different types of offerings uh, yeah. throughout, and um, it started off with an initial called Reg CF crowdfunding, where okay. you know you can accept you know um, it, The limit was a million dollars for the general public. And yeah. they could invest up to a thousand dollars each, but um, soon uh, soon after that, we started raising from accredited investors. So right, right now, the minimum investment check size from the accredited investors is twenty thousand dollars, and the minimum investment size from the not accredited investors is is a thousand dollars. So you know, we've had everything from you know a five million dollar check down to the thousand dollar check, and and everything in between.
0: Wow. Okay. So if you already need five million dollar checks, that's actually not that different than a venture capital investment, and it might even and, be. And
1: we actually awesome. do have, um, we do have a bunch of different institutional investors and venture capital investors in our crowdfunding.
0: But, I see.
1: You know what I was able to do is kind of flip things around instead of us going. You know, capital. So, so they not all have begging, seats
0: and shares. Pref- yeah, players. yeah.
1: And, and instead of me going and, and begging them you know, for money and doing whatever they say and and getting a bad deal for myself, I said, here's the
0: deal, take it or leave it. And they took it. That's great. Sounds sounds like you guys were effective in that. Um, And then I guess we'll start a secondary question. Um, What's the, is it, I'm not, I don't know that much about your background. So feel free to fill in the blanks if it's applicable as question. Um, What was the process of setting up a factory like uh, to do this? Because obviously (laughs) it's a newer process. And I mean, there are companies that, we get like 30 press releases um, like probably a month from different modular factory companies saying hey we're setting this up and uh, I mean I think our our comments to you guys may have even been the same at some point of like oh that's awesome let us know when you start to ship units because like we like have sort of learned from experience that uh, (laughs) saying you're going to set up a factory and doing it effectively is not the same thing so can you talk a little bit about that
1: Uh, yeah so you know, what we're doing is very, very different than any traditional house building. We're not using lumber and, and nails, you know, we're not shooting the wide load. We're using all different materials, all different process. So there really was not an established way to do any of this. Like all of our manufacturing equipment is different. And, you know, it was a process of a couple of years of doing a tremendous amount of research on alternative building materials, tremendous amount of research on um, manufacturing equipment. And, um, you know, I have no significant background in manufacturing, neither do any of the other founders of the company. Um, But, you know, we figured it out and we kind of set up this factory in record time, I think. um, After we went out with the Casita prototype and decided we were ready to start producing them for sale, um, we we went out and looked for a building. So uh, last year, uh, early last year, we signed a lease on... A brand new construction building that's 170,000 square feet. Um, then over the next few months, we went about getting permits and fitting out the factory by, um, you know, know, August, September, we, we were, we were moved in. And then by October, the first houses were coming off the assembly line. Um, you know, um, since then we've produced, you know, over 150 of them and are producing, like I said before, a few per day and uh it's been a really exciting process we have um you know gone through a huge learning curve huge amount of hiring um you know kind of set up a factory that's you know uh, in many ways still very manual process but but very different than what other people are doing and then the next step will be to add in some more automation and improve all of our processes but you know what we've done is we've we've changed everything and fully re-engineered the building so We're not using, you know, thousands of nails and hundreds of little pieces of wood and nailing them together in this labor intensive process. We have these different materials. There's bigger pieces, so there's less of them. Um, They're all processed by computer controlled cutting equipment so they can then assemble together rapidly. For example, when we make one of our walls, like the front wall of our house, we make that in about 20 minutes and then to a very significant level of completion. Uh, and you would never do that in a, in a traditional lumber stick frame factory. and And that's just at this stage. once um, Once we upgrade some of the equipment in the next few months, we'll be making one of those walls in you know three or four minutes. Um, and and uh, uh, that's even that is still just in this first factory um, with, with limited automation. and we do have big plans to take another step into a factory that's much, much larger and really looks more like a modern automobile factory. When I look at modern manufacturing, I see them as the best example of the most kind of advanced practices and efficiencies. And we think we've designed a product that's compatible with that type of manufacturing, whereas traditional modular is not.
0: Got it. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, This has been awesome learning a bit about uh, your company. Definitely very excited to uh, see more of these on the road. Uh, If you don't mind uh, hoping to transition and sort of pick your brain on our fire round. So. We oh, yes, ask sort of a couple frequently asked questions. If you can do your best to respond in one minute or, or less, that's great, but that's good. not too um, much of a stickler there. All right. Uh, I guess one question we have all the time uh, from customers is, how do I understand build quality, right? Every company says they're building in high quality and it can be like a little difficult to actually understand, you know, sort of where's the beef on this, this stuff. So how do you evaluate build quality or at least ensure that yours is high?
1: So, Uh, To start,
0: we are,
1: you know, like I said, not using traditional building methods. So as a result, um, we're using these new methods. We have to do a tremendous amount of testing to make sure they're strong and safe and energy resistant and fire resistant. So we now have all that data showing that these buildings are better than than probably the building that you live in now. For Mm -hmm. example, all of our walls have hurricane speed wind rating on them. Um, the energy efficiency on the house is off the chart. Um, they can stack multiple story based on the, on the structural strength. So, you know, all of that data is there. And then because we're creating this very repeatable product in the factory, we get to really refine everything. So, you know, a traditional site built house, it's kind of a one-off custom every time. Um, so they're not able to perfect what they're doing. We're building the same thing over and over. We can tweak and, and perfect everything. Till it becomes um, extremely high quality. Uh, and then we're also using the, the CNC cutting equipment. So pretty much everything in our building envelope is, is cut by the CNC. And that's just a, a robot and a computer, and it's doing it the exact same way every time.
0: Got it. Um, and then in terms of, uh, uh, I guess, sort of next question, um, if someone's evaluating site feasibility, what... A, what do you recommend to them? Like, what are the, Is there a checklist of things they should be aware of to make sure that you know, your units can work?
1: Well, um, there's a few different tools that we have and, and are putting out there for people to be able to do that. Um, one of them, which is on our website right now, is uh, permits.com. So they'll basically do the work for you. You pay them a few hundred bucks and you say, I want to put a casita in my backyard. Can I do it? And they'll do it. And they'll even get the permits for you. Um, so really it's just going to be about, you know, the local rules regarding the the use of your land.
0: Um, okay. Got it. And then in terms of, uh, got it. But so as long as you can build it and then are there certain types of foundation types that you need to be able to build to, uh, actually support them or yeah.
1: Our, our houses are very, uh, strong and they, Um, don't need any foundation Uh, once they're set up and unfolded and and locked in, you know, they're good to go. You can drop them on some bricks or on the grass or whatever you want to do, or just bolt them to a permanent foundation. Uh, You also don't need to support the bottom of them. Just like at a minimum, you could put like four piers, and the rest of it can be kind of suspended and it's strong enough to handle that. Cool.
0: And then finally, um, uh, like, I don't know if I'd call this customization options or customizations you've seen done, uh, are there sort of whether in practice or in sort of in, in sort of near that sort of planning that you see sort of potential customers likely to like, it seems like you guys are creating a box with the idea that like, you know, people can sort of use their imagination, Are there sort of manifestations you've seen already or things you plan to see people using them for from a custom standpoint uh, on these first 20 by 20s? We
1: think of it as kind of a a architecturally neutral universal building box that can probably build most things most of the time. Um, What we're selling is not like really necessarily a, a finished house ready turnkey to live in, but it shortcuts the builder's process you can add to our house any different roof style or pitch you want. You can you know, bolt on different siding or architectural styles onto it. You can build a deck around it. You can change things inside. For now, we're trying to keep the product really standardized in the factory and just get really good at doing this one without any custom requests. But eventually, we'll have options in the factory as well, and then those builders can customize things on site.
0: Um, got it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. It's been terrific learning a bit about uh, about your company. The question I ask everyone as sort of a final question is, um, what are you most excited about for your company or for the industry in the near future?
1: Well, you know, things are, you know, really taking off. Our trajectory is is crazy. The, the speed that we're getting this done is is crazy, in my opinion. And I'm just excited for the next step. And for for that, for me, what I'm looking to do is get into another factory that's probably hopefully going to be a billion dollar factory where we have kind of the most advanced housing factory ever done. We have um, incredible, you know, know, speed and precision. And um, I want to be able to build one house every minute because that's what they do in automobile factories. So why shouldn't we be doing that with housing?
0: that's awesome um i I think given the need of for more housing in the country i think that's a really laudable goal um thanks again galliano it's been terrific uh learning about boxable for more information about boxable as we mentioned visit boxable.com and uh as always you can visit us at prefabreview.com thanks for uh, making the time
1: yeah uh, thank you so much for for having me and uh appreciate it
0: yep